Welcome to Two Guys, One Book, where two friends tackle their reading list one book at a time. Welcome to Two Guys, One Book. I am Brian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim. Tim. How's it going, Tim? Yeah, it's going pretty good. How are you? Doing well. We're reading one of your books today, aren't we? Yeah. Why don't you tell people what we're reading, Tim, or what we did read? Uh, we already read it. We finished it. We promised. We read it all. We read uh, Anxious People by Friedrich Bachmann, uh, a Scandinavian, specifically Norwegian, I think, author. That's one of those facts I should uh, know for sure before we start talking about it. Uh, Swedish. Uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the people of Norway feel that way. <laughs> Scandinavia. I feel like if you have a name that applies to all the countries, you guys have a similar like sort of culture. But not to offend anyone, you're all unique in your own ways as countries. Anyway... Uh, yeah, so anxious people. This is my pick. Um, and what'd you think about it, Brian? First thoughts, overall impression? Well, um, you know, I had I had never heard of this book before. And, you know, I talked to some people and they asked me what I'm reading and I tell them anxious people. And they're like, oh, they think it's like weird or they think it, it, it has, you know, they don't know if it's a, it's a novel, first of all. So then I explain the plot and everything. And then I say, oh, it's a, actually a funny book. Um, so I had no pre- preconceived notions. Um, you know, why did you pick this book, book, Tim? So I picked this book because I'm familiar with some of his other books, like A Man Called Ove or Ova, kind of probably his most famous one. And he sort of is known for being like a witty writer and something kind of light, but also with heart. And, you know, that genre just sort of uh, spoke to me. It sounded like a good one. So I thought, why not? Let's go for it. And we're anxious people too, I think, at least speaking for myself. So I thought I fit the the title well. And, uh, you know, who doesn't want to read something that applies to the, themselves and they're like, yeah. Well, yes, I, I think it's funny you bring that up because I do feel like um, I think this book applied to me pretty well because, you know, it talks about um, relationships and, uh, you know, not just uh, romantic relationships, but also the, just meeting, talking, you know, like dealing with people. Um, in your life and being nice to others but there are good examples of how you know there's different romantic relationships and there's give and take with that and also with uh, raising children which I found very apropos uh, for my life recently so I feel like this has been it had a lot of good messages I feel and and helped you know I guess I'm sure this author it sounds like this author is a father as well so I think he had he was working out of his own experience of having two young girls. Um, so I feel like that was uh, uh, very touching and also uh, gave the book a good good heart. Yeah, I would I'll, I would agree that it has good heart. And we should get into the relationship theme and all that. But let's acknowledge you're going to have a baby soon. That's crazy. <laughs> the first baby between us. We're not co-parenting. You have a wife. But, you know, it's very exciting. And, uh, you know, I'm just impressed that you even care to still do this podcast when you have something actually, uh, significant going on in your life outside of this. So congrats and thank you for still do still doing this. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. This has given me, uh, a good reason to read books, you know, and I feel like if you keep picking good ones, I'll be more inclined to continue with this podcast, you know? 
Well, with the stress of parenting, I'm sure you'll need an outlet uh, to kind of let your imagination wander into different lands. And uh, it'll be a healthy kind of way to sort of decompress from um, the challenges that await you, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Sure. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wouldn't you? So let's dig in. Yeah. Yeah. My thoughts. I, I, uh, I thought it was really good. I mean, I have my critiques as I always do with everything uh, that we read, but overall I would say it lived up to my expectation of being funny and having some heart and uh, yeah, uh, lots of things about individual relationships. I guess we can sort of start with the plot as we do and then kind of go deeper. So you're pretty good at the summaries. Do you want to take this one or do you you trust me? Um, Let's have you do it. Come on, Tim. Uh, All right. I know I'm going to leave some details out that will uh, frustrate our, our readers slash reader. Um, but let's try. You just have to remember uh, all character names. That's all you have to do. <laughs> oh, oh, there there are so many characters, though. Okay, I got this. Uh, I actually wrote a list in my notes. So there are Jim and Jack, who are the policemen. Uh, Jim is the older policeman, and his son, Jack, works with him. So they're kind of analyzing this hostage situation that's going on throughout the book um there's the bank robber and their family and they kind of start off with some mysterious details and kind of gradually reveal more of that character's background and then there are the hostages who are also the main characters um there's a real estate lady uh bank teller who i know she's not a hostage but he's the first person the bank robber interacts with uh there's zara she's Actually, one of the main characters, she's like depressed, a banker who's um, seen a psychologist and having these like dark thoughts, but trying to reconcile her path as a banker and still having empathy for people. There's various couples visiting the house, an older couple, Annalena and Roger, who's kind of grumpy and, you know, has some issues. And then a younger couple, Roe and Julia. So uh, Roe, Julia is pregnant and... um, they're going to have a baby soon. And Estelle is an older lady who's there. And then Leonard is a guy in a rabbit costume that you pay to disrupt viewings to help lower the price of bids, which I thought was a great character. And uh, lastly, I will highlight the psychologist who's, um plays kind of an interesting role. And all their lives kind of interconnect in various ways. Well, a few of the characters kind of have an interesting background, but um, those are the main characters, right? And I didn't really cover the summary of the plot, but I wanted to highlight the people. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I do a good job. Yeah, you nailed the characters. Yeah, congratulations. Those are all very uh, thorough accounts of all the main characters and, and uh, even the side characters like the bank teller who, uh, you know, is a young, um, uh, sarcastic uh, uh, Gen Zer who talks back to the bank robber. Um, but yes, I thought they were all very interesting characters. I can, I can actually talk about actually what happens in the book. Yeah, please do. Please do. Okay. So what happens in the book is there, the bank robber is uh, getting divorced and is afraid of losing a chance to spend more time with, uh, their two children. And so they need to, they need rent money because they're getting divorced and they lost their job. And so they need money. So they think I'm a rob a bank so I can get rent money so I can still see my children. So they go to the bank and that fails miserably because it's a bank that doesn't even have cash anymore. 
because that's apparently how banks are nowadays. And the bank robber didn't know that. So they hustle out of the bank and then they go to like the next building that's open in this little like town. And it happens to be an apartment viewing that an open house, so to speak, that with uh, a cast of characters that Tim so thoroughly uh, uh, explained. Um, and so in and then the, the bank robber has a gun. And so they burst into this open house and hold everybody hostage because they don't know what else to do. And then all these people that are being held hostage are just kind of talking and they talk to the bank robber and they all kind of figure out like they, they, they all find common thing, common bonds that hold some of them together. And then it gives them empathy and, uh, makes them friends. And they, then the hostages want to help the bank robber out of the situation. Uh, because the bank robber is just really doing the best they can you know they're just having a little a couple hard days and um and so it's just about all these zany characters um i felt like you know pretty much all the characters are directly involved with the hostage situation because everyone you went through is either a hostage to the bank robber or the police trying to end the hostage situation and so jack and jim then the story is told kind of it uh not thir- not linearly there is we follow the timeline of jack and jim trying to interview the the people taken hostage after the events have ended because jack and jim are trying to figure out what happened to the bank robber because they can't find the bank robber and then so there's like transcripts of jack and jim talking to the hostages after the the ordeal was over and then that's one timeline and then the other timeline is kind of how the bank robber got to got there uh in the open house taking people hostage and then all these people's conversations at while they were being held hostage and then i would say there's even like a third line uh storyline where zara is talking to her psychologist because they kind of jump to that every now and then because what the main thing that i think is holding a lot of these people together is that the events of the book happen at a certain time but 10 years prior to the, the events of the book, a man committed suicide by jumping off the bridge during the financial uh, uh, crisis of late 2000s. Um, and then he, that same bridge is in the small town. It can be seen from multiple apartments throughout town because it's a very uh, you know, popular bridge or whatnot. And so one of the, uh, Jack, one of the police, the younger police men, is was a boy when the man jumped off the bridge. I think did he see it? Was that what happened the first time? Uh, yeah, he saw it happen. He saw it happen from afar and was like shook by it. And then, like a week later, um, wasn't it the man's daughter went there? Just look at the bridge, and then Jack came by and then pushed her down, like on to the 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 road of the way of the bridge, so that she couldn't get she she got up to the railing or something and was looking down or something. And Jack came over. And knocked her back so that she wouldn't fall or jump in. I think she wasn't. I don't know if she was the guy's daughter who originally jumped, but I think she was like that gave her the idea, and then she turned out to be the psychologist, right? Nadia, right? Yes, the girl, the girl that went to the bridge, curious about it, maybe thinking about jumping. That Jack saved, but turned out to be the psychologist, Nadia. Now Nadia never saw the person who knocked her back from the bridge because she got knocked unconscious and actually. Next thing she knew, she woke up at the hospital. But the funny thing is that Zara saw Jack push Nadia away from the bridge like 10 years ago. And so Zara 
the bank, the banker whose bank, uh, lost money that the guy that committed suicide needed. So Zara had this guilt weighing on her that she was ultimately responsible for the man jumping to his death. Um, so she saw the psychologist and recognized her as the grown up version of the young girl from the bridge. And then Zara also found out that Jack, the young policeman was the, the boy that saved her. And so I felt like that was an interesting connection. And then the, the, the other characters talk about the bridge in other ways or the incident that happened 10 years ago or this or something like that. So that kind of event is kind of the thing that is the linchpin connecting all these people together, I guess, in some way. But then they find other common ground as well as they're sitting there in the hostage, in the apartment being held hostage and trying to work out how they can help the bank robber because, you know, they just made an honest mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great summary. I think, you know, we can maybe cut this next part I'm going to say, but you remember early on, we used to do a lot of like quotes in those first books that we read. I, I wonder if, um, you know, similarly thinking who's, I know no one really listens to our podcast, but like who would be listening to it? And it's probably people who already read the book and want to like, like at a book club, you know, you go to a book club and everyone's read the book already. So like, do we want to explain the characters and the plot each time when it's like the people who listened and read it probably already know it, unless it's like a, just the recap, just to re refresh their memory. Yeah. I think it's just to refresh their memory and come on, Tim, you don't know that maybe there are some fans out there that we have that <laughs> haven't read the book. Just want to hear Tim and Brian, just, you know, have, have a fun conversation, you know? Right. So, so let's just, cause like, I, I feel like we don't want to, have people just be completely in the dark you know i feel like yeah. if anything we can say maybe we just do a little synopsis and some and explain the characters and then say go check it out and then we can say spoilers ahead so stop now you know what i mean and then we can discuss I, I like that yeah sort of and maybe for our next thing whatever we do we can make it more structured but like that way we kind of like have a little more clear division of like synopsis characters and now our thoughts and then people can skip ahead to that part. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're on the same page. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll kind of. No, you don't have to. I think it's this is the this is the best stuff we've had all episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real stuff people want to hear. <laughs> this isn't your grandma's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to be more edgy. We need to like. Oh, edgy. Wow. Dude, have you met throughout some? <laughs> we are a bunch of squares. Even though squares have edges, we're like <laughs> we are edgeless. <laughs> I am a shapeless amoeba just floating through the ether. <laughs> Two amoebas, one book. <laughs> yeah, their next edition, next yeah, next adventure. Oof, man. Um. But yeah, so uh, did was the storyline engaging for you, Tim? Um, the storyline, you know, it was somewhat engaging. I wouldn't say the story itself was super strong or like the strong point of the book itself. But I think what helped is that it would go back and forth with the witness interviews. So that kind of kept it engaging because it would go from like the hostage, uh, you know, state like scene and setting. Uh, and then cut to like the police people interviewing the individual characters. So that kind of gave it a uh, better pacing and 
sort of um, variation because it kind of felt like a play to me. I don't know about you, but like when they're all the hostages are in the same room, it felt like a play where it's like it's all set in one place and they all have their uh, back and forth lines and dialogue. What do you think? I think that's a good observation. I do think it's very much like a play. That's a good point. I mean, I, I don't necessarily find that unappealing. I didn't think about that when I was reading it, but it did feel like there were, um, you know, they were in the same apartment, but there was definitely different scenes with the different characters, maybe going out to the balcony or hiding in the closet and drinking wine to, you know, um, consoling each other about the being scared about being a parent or whatnot. You know, I, it definitely felt like a play in there. And, you know, the whole, um, you know, Jack and Jim, the police officer, son and dad, was a little too casual, but I guess the point was, this is a small town where something like this never really happens, right? Yeah, like, did you, what do you think of the story overall? Like, did it um, capture your attention and, like, did it keep you engaged? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I very much liked the story. I felt like um, it it seemed pretty straightforward, but it had some good twists that I didn't uh, see coming, but I wasn't really... Um, it, the the dialogue and the zany characters were entertaining enough for me to not try to like guess what was coming next because I was just kind of like entertained by the characters and you know their conversations and whatnot. So you know, um, yeah. So I enjoyed the ride. I didn't really necessarily have an idea of how it was going to end. Um, and then when it did end, I thought, yeah, you know, a little maybe. Um, a little simplistic, but I liked some of the, some of the twisted turns were good. And then it was like, oh, it was kind of like, um, what is that? What is that? A Deus Ex Machina where like they're, oh, like maybe not a Deus Ex Machina. Isn't that where like something just out of nowhere happens and it's for, for the, the good fortune of the heroes? Yeah. I, my understanding of that, it's like, it's this unrealistic thing that sort of pivots to the, uh, protagonist, like Shader. Uh, right. Is did something happen in this book like that? Well, I guess like maybe not that that much. Not not maybe not. Maybe I'm I'm probably misusing that phrase. But what I'm getting at is basically essentially the the the, the way. Um, do we want it? All right, should we just say the spoilers that I'm talking about the twists and turns? What? Oh yeah, this is all spoilers. All right. So basically, you know, you think the bank robber is clearly a man through most of the book and then halfway through it's like oh whoop nope it's a woman which i thought was a good twist and then you think that you kind of have like an inside man type of um situation inside man is a movie with uh clive owen and denzel washington where there's bank robbers and they get and but they but when the bank robbers have take hostages in the bank when they all release them the bank robbers change into plain clothes and act like a hostage and so there's no real way that detectives can determine who the hostages were from the hostage takers, you know? And so in this book, Anxious People, we think the realtor might, we think, first we think the bank robber's a man, then we find out it's a woman, and we think that that is the woman pretending to be the real estate agent. But then towards the end of the book, they find the real estate agent hiding in like the air shaft or something. So the real estate agent was there the whole time. So how does the bank robber get out then? You know, and it just turns out that like Jim, the older policeman, just kind of helps her out, and 
they were in Estelle's apartment the whole time. And Estelle just happens to have a key to the apartment across the landing that's empty. So she can, the bank robber just takes the key with Jim's, Jim's on the landing. Jim just helps her get from one apartment to the other. And she hides in the other apartment while the police storm in the apartment. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, those little details made me feel like it was a little out there as far as like, this is the kind of thing that could happen in, you know, realistically. But I mean, I guess crazy things happen. So it's just kind of like you said with the, what you're getting at, I think is like a lot of things had to go a certain way for like the thing to play out as it did. But I mean, that's why it's the story. Um, it's funny you mentioned Inside Man. I thought of that movie Bandits with uh, <laughs> Bruce uh, Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton. Did you ever see that one? No, I haven't seen that one. It's similar. I mean, I don't know if I've seen Inside Man. I think I did a long time ago, but it was like, I just remember similarly, they would like to escape the bank robbery. They had to pretend to be like the billion. Actually, no, they pretended to be hurt in an ambulance like they shot each other. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> but um, yeah, but, so what about the twist? I too thought it was a guy and we were kind of led to believe that because it was like um, someone fell in love with their boss, right? And you assume that it was his wife fell in love with his boss, but it was actually this woman who's the bank robber and her husband fell in love with her boss, I guess. is the So... It's a twist. I mean, it didn't like, I don't know. I didn't know if that was like, yeah, that necessary or groundbreaking, but it was kind of like an interesting playing on stereotypes type uh, uh, thing. So, yeah. But yeah, what do you think about the characters and stuff? Like, I thought he did a good job of like uh, serious or, you know, light, but also weaving in serious topics as far as like Kazar or having depression and that kind of thing. Oh, sure. Definitely. I mean, uh, just going back to that, what you're saying just now about yeah the twist like on playing on our stereotypes of what a bank robber is and like you said when their spouse has an affair with someone's boss you only think this the boss is a man too you know and i and i love that and that twist i really enjoyed because you know i went back and i kind of looked at the back the previous passages where they talked about the bank robber's past and I was I was certain he said he, but he never did. He he just called it the the character of the bank robber the whole time, and the kids were like frog and the monkey, and the bank robber was the elk, like that that their nick their pet names for each other, and so I felt like that was um that was a really good uh I thought I, I felt that was a clever story plot twist there, but I felt like he didn't really deliver with the rest of it, you know. I was I was hooked when I said, oh, you know, like, oh, the bank robber is actually a woman. And I was like, oh, if this author, you know, fooled me on that. Well, then I can't wait to see what's next, you know. And I felt like there was this, 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 like the people that were being held hostage were, wanted to help the bank robber then because they realized, you know, they, they all kind of were like, I don't know, for some reason, they, these all zany, these, this zany group of characters wanted to help the bank robber because they never really felt they were in any, any real danger. But then at the end of the story, it all came down to Jim helping the bank robber too. And I kind of wanted like this group of zany characters to kind of all band together and out with the police. But really it was like the older policeman kind of just helped her help the bank robber out too. You know? Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I think, you know, the police, they didn't, they also uh, gave them lots of like backstory and empathy as characters. So they didn't want to make them to be like the complete fools of the story. Um, but yeah, it, 
it's interesting you think of like yeah the stereotypes of like who you typically see it holding hostages in fiction and you know these the stories of whatever the bank robber backstory uh was so it's interesting that he played on that but um yeah i guess i see what you're saying please yeah yeah but i can i can answer your original question which is i do feel like he did a good job of of having humorous um situations or humorous humorous uh conversations between uh these characters but then weaving together uh serious plot points or serious anecdotes about these characters that we would have never guessed and um i thought that's what i enjoyed about reading the book is that like i said i, ne- I never really was i never re- really was trying to figure out what was going to happen i was excited to see the ending or read the ending i guess i don't see how but um but I enjoyed the characters along the way. And I felt like, yeah, some of the serious at talks, like with Julia, Anna Lavina, and Estelle in the closet, three women, you know, one older woman, one just retired woman, and one young woman who's pregnant and about to give birth and just chatting about, you know, their significant others and their lives up to that point. And, you know, I feel like that was um, just a good good uh good couple chapters of reading there yeah it, it reminded me i don't know if you've ever seen the movie um away we go have you seen that no i haven't it's a great little indie flick uh and there's probably a few movies like this but it's sort of this idea like they are a younger couple they're about to have a baby so actually you should definitely watch it we'll probably relate to a lot of their themes uh but uh they go around and visit all their friends and like different places before they're gonna have their kid and like they see like every relationship has their own issues that they're going through that are like unique to them. And it's easy to just like see a couple on the surface and assume things are good or assume certain things about them. But like, you know, every couple of relationship has issues they're working through or some kind of like backstory. And like, I think that was a good theme in this book is like, you, you know, there's more depth to different couples, even if on the surface, they have these silly dynamics or whatever. But um, yeah, I thought that was a nice uh, touch in this book. Yeah. Were there, well, like, did you have a favorite character or least? Uh, it's a good, it's a good question. You know, I think that guy Leonard was pretty funny. Cause like, <laughs> you know, they like basically Anna Lena paid him to like come and disrupt the viewings so that it would lower the price. But she was doing that to like help her husband, Roger, think that he, with his, you know, powerful negotiating tactics that helped lower the price. And the backstory there was like, she had a successful career and he, he kind of like was the at home parent. So like she was sort of doing it to like give him a sense of pride in, in, in terms of his negotiating ability. So, and then yeah, this guy Roger would like wear a rabbit suit and like use the bathroom and like scare potential buyers. So I just thought that was such a funny, uh, I don't know. I thought that was hilarious. Or what do you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I thought that kind of came out of left field for me. I didn't, I didn't, you know, like, the whole man in a rabbit's head was just um, kind of absurd, but I think <laughs> I'd love to check it up a notch. You know, like it, it, it the whole the whole books, uh, the whole char- all the characters in the book throughout the first two thirds or half of the book before we meet Leonard, Leonard is you know all the characters are kind of weird or strange in their own little ways, and so I think like that is just like so over the top. It was it kind of threw me for a little bit, but then it, but yeah, he, he provided. Definitely humorous moments in the book for sure. Yeah, that that's one critique too. Is like sometimes it'll go too far into left field. The story that it kind of loses that 
uh, feeling you feel connected to the characters. But did you have a favorite character that you uh, resonated with? That's a good question. I liked. Uh, <laughs> again, this was your question that <laughs> <laughs> I just turned back. At yeah, for some reason, I liked yeah. Zara. I liked Zara, the uptight banker who was, you know, depressed and and was very. She always always she always had very cold and and uh, like hurtful comments that were like you know like she never was really like nice to anybody but she uh, I don't know I just found her interesting because I felt like she was so um, different from all the others I guess Roger wasn't that friendly either but then he came around um, I liked Jim the father of the of the son uh, father son cop combo. Um, so I didn't really have a favorite. I just, I like them all. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I was just going to say, I think Zara is a solid character because she has this depth of like, she's a smart banker and part of this like financial system, but she carries this guilt of like, maybe this guy committed suicide because of the loan situation. So, um, she, it, it definitely adds more depth to her backstory. Um, but I, I don't know what you think. I thought a lot of the characters were like similar in how like bickering they were. Uh, as far as their tone and I was like at, at a certain point sometimes it felt a little annoying like all these characters are just like constantly bickering which I know is kind of the point but like does that ever feel like a little too much to you um I would say no because this by you bringing it up it I think you're right I don't I think they were plenty bickering to each other but I felt like it was interesting because I felt like there was more bickering amongst the couples and there were like two other people like Roger and Annalena were bickering to each other because they were married for so long and Roe and Julia were bickering to each other because they're you know a couple but like I didn't feel like they bickered too much with like Estelle or like other people but maybe they did a little bit oh I do I do think of I didn't remember my least favorite character can you take a guess who's that the realtor Leonard no the realtor okay <laughs> Why is that? House tricks. House tricks. House tricks. Yes. I mean, it's just like, I don't feel like she provided much of anything. She was just like, supposedly, the, you know, he, she had to be kind of like a bumbling, really anxious, um, you know, uh, kind of flighty person because it painted her as a suspect in the interrogation room when really she was just the flighty an anxious realtor the whole time and she didn't provide much she was just basically there to be uh, a character that we suspect is actually the bank robber that they used as a you know they they the bank robber escaped in broad daylight because the bank robber was pretending to be the real estate agent when really the real estate agent was just hiding the whole time and then she turns out to be this kooky person who was like complaining talking about the 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 qualities of the apartment while the, the the hostages were you know in a hostage situation like i mean come on yeah she, she seemed kind of annoyed without having as many redeeming qualities uh highlighted that is such and, more a very succinct way of putting it than i did <laughs> <laughs> no i was just summing up i think actually one character i like uh roe because i think she like you know I liked how she was interested in a lot of different hobbies and had an interest that came and went. And, and I was like, I can relate to that a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was, that was funny. Yeah. Like she was randomly into like growing stuff in their closet and like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Rooms are good. Various things. Yeah. 
But what do you think about like speaking of Zara and the banking aspect? Like, there's this undertone, or maybe not undertone, but like another theme of housing and how this issue where people like buy houses as, as investments rather than like places to live in. Did you think that was like a strong message or like, how did you feel like that played out in the book? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, um, I think that's, that was a good, good point. I think this book was trying to make, um, I must admit, I didn't even think about it until you said something just now, because like, I mean, yes, the, 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 you know, the financial crisis of the late two thousands was what, what ultimately led to the man, uh, jumping off the bridge in the first place. And you have all these people competing to outbid each other for this apartment. Um, and Roger and Annalena, you know, use, you know, these apartments, they renovated apartments as kind of in their retirement. So yeah, I, I feel like that is a, an interesting point to make here that like, um, you know, maybe a scarcity of resources, maybe the anxious people are that way because of the scarcity of resources in modern yeah i that makes me think of another takeaway which is like you know a lot of the backdrop to fiction stories throughout the decade is like whatever historical issue is most prominent at that time so like there's so much famous like world war ii fiction or like more modern like war in the middle east or something as a backdrop and then the housing crisis inspired a lot of like fiction books as well where that's like the underlying societal issue and then i guess it plays out in all this all these relationships as well as far as like the younger couple trying to find a house the older couple you know doing investments and the banker i don't know it's sort of like that's the uh you know interconnecting theme running through each of their individual live stories right yeah yeah i think it's well put i'll say it's pretty profound um (laughs) also what was i going to say I'm just like trying to connect my notes here mm-hmm. using the using the notation app. Yeah, it's it's failing me now. Uh, no, I I think with the housing stuff, like it felt a little forced or clumsy to me in a sense because whenever I feel like something political is you know forced in, into a book, it just like kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, uh, if they're trying to make a statement. It feels like the author talking to the reader in a way that seems a little forced to me, where it's like, you know what I mean? And it's not like whether I agree with you or not, which isn't relevant. It just like it feels a little clumsy to me. Did you, you know what I mean? Felt that you felt like this book was kind of a little preachy at times. Uh, I, I overall, I would say no, but I would say at times it felt that way. And maybe not preachy is the right word, but more like talking too directly so as to lose communicating through nuance and characters and plot the message yeah i get that because you like there are times when he says like this is a book about idiots you know and or like this is a book about a bridge or like stuff like where you're right the narrator the voice of the narrator is more talking directly to the audience and it only happened a few times which yeah looking back at it 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 was it necessary? I don't know. I feel like most of the other chapters are all like dialogue and explaining the characters' motives and what they're thinking and all this stuff. So I think it was worthwhile having a few like places where the book's narrator was narration was more directly to the reader, so I could follow um, the points he was trying to make. I didn't mind that. I see. 
I mean, it could be a little clunky, maybe, but um, I didn't feel like it was overly so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it like you know ruins the book or anything. It's just maybe a personal critique, but I did like the message about uh, someone. I forget which character said this, but like they mentioned how it's nice to think of all the houses that aren't for sale, which implies that there are all these couples out there that are sort of making it work despite like you know the constant conflict you see it among the couples there and their issues. Um, and the other quote I, I like does, uh, we plant an apple tree today, even if we know the world is going to be destroyed tomorrow, wrote that one down. And when, yeah, I like, I, I personally like, and they were talking about the Stockholm, Stockholmers, people from Stockholm or whatever, like they use that euphemism as like, maybe meaning like, uh, weird people or, uh, hoity toity people, or maybe even gay people like, not not so much in a derogatory sense more in the sense that like there's like it, it seems like there's more like there's stockholm and then there's the wet rest of sweden and everybody from stockholm mm-hmm. thinks stockholm is so great when really there's all of sweden still you know it, it's funny how universal that sentiment is where you have like this big city and then you have people outside of it referring to it those people as like in their own bubble which you know in some cases they are but but the funny part about what you just mentioned is there is like that one character who is a cop, I think, from Stockholm. And he's like, oh, I grew up in this really little town. And this little town was like our Stockholm. <laughs> and then they're like, <laughs> I guess every town has a Stockholm, you know, yeah. where it's like yeah. that big city where everyone thinks it's like, you know, the place to be or people associate with being a certain way. So, I, yeah, that was kind of a funny recurring uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stockholmers. Yeah, that was like, uh, <laughs> like the older characters use that as a, um, in implied couple, is like referring to the gay couple. Oh, they're from stock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess overall, like, you enjoyed this book. You think you would recommend it? Oh, yes, very much so. Because I feel like it's an entertaining read. I, I feel like, you know, um, it's interesting because I don't remember what I say on past podcasts episodes, you know, so what I might be saying now might be totally different from what I have said in the past, but I feel like if there's a book where I am engaged with the characters, I enjoy reading it. Even if the storyline is not, um, anything to write home about, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's well said. I think you said similar things before where it's like, it's really the characters and people that keep you engaged. Um, this reminds me, we read another book, what the 100 man who like fell out of a window and disappeared. Do you remember that one? I think that was another Scandinavian author, uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland, one of those. Um, and, uh, but I remember that one was very much like we couldn't connect to the characters cause it was more like, oh, he goes and has these dandy adventures. But I think that's a good contrast to this one. They gave more backstory and it ha- felt like it had more depth than heart. And um, I think this was a much better overall book compared to that one, yeah. right? Oh, oh, by far. And I think the problem with the uh, the hundred year old man who jumped out the window and disappeared, or who climbed out the window and disappeared. Now, I mean, fine book, but like all the char- this main character in that book interacted with so many famous people. And the problem with that is that you know we have already preconceived notions about those famous people and sure the author mm-hmm. can 
can explain something about them that we may have not known that may or may not be true and help flush out that famous person a little bit more. Um, but I feel like the thing about this book, Anxious People, is that these characters are not famous. We don't know them. So everything the author is telling us about them is new to us. And we are um, taking it in those new information and it's making us create these characters in our minds. You know, we don't have preconceived notions of Mao Zedong or, or uh, Joseph Stalin or or all these other famous characters that the Swedish man interacted with in that book, other book. But in this one, these fictional characters are more of a blank slate that I feel like is more enjoyable to flush out. Yeah, that's that's well said. I think one other um, movie, I think you've seen this one, that I would relate this to is uh, Babel. Have you seen this? No. And you've been looking at all the movies since this episode that I have not seen. I, I thought you liked movies. I thought you were a cinephile. What the heck? Yeah, I do have I do have Letterboxd now. What is that? You don't know Letterboxd? Is that like reviewing movies or something? Yeah, I mean it's an it's a, like a social media app based on um, movies and like what movies you like. You can put, make lists. You can track. You can have a journal or diary and and track your movies you watch and the date you watch them and your rating them and all that stuff. That's pretty cool. I should get that actually. You should. I've always felt like IMDb fell short as far as its potential as what it could be. Is there a social element where it's like you can discuss the book with people? You mean movie? Or sorry, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. Like people have posts, and like you can post a a, a write up about a movie and make it public and see have people see it maybe. So what I want to say about Babel though is like I know you haven't seen it, and I won't spoil it, but. The running theme, and it's an Inuritu movie, and he did like Birdman and you know all these other famous movies. Um, it's the running theme is kind of like all these lives interconnect across the world in different ways that you know you wouldn't know unless it like filmed the backstory in each of their lives. And that made me think of this book because we hear about the person who jumped from the bridge who inspired, or not inspired, but gave that girl the idea to jump, and then Jack saved her because he couldn't save the guy, and then she became a psychologist. And she eventually saw Zara and maybe saved Zara's life from committing suicide. Uh, so it's like interesting how the, all these characters have this backstory and like maybe it's far fetched, but like, you know, there's probably all these ways our lives intersect without us even really realizing it. So I think there's some, you know, truth there. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think that's storytelling. Storytelling is, you know, creating um, well, uh, developed characters in engaging ways and having them interact in uh, thoughtful, surprising, humorous, touching ways that, um, you know, overall lead to, you know, rising action, a climax and, and, a, and a conclusion, you know, and I feel like, you know, it's like the Chekhov's guns principle where like, you don't put anything in a story that doesn't uh, serve its purpose. So like, of course, you know, all these characters are going to be interconnected because that's the book. That's the story. You know, you're not going to have something in the, in the, in the middle of it that isn't going to relate to anything else. You know, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, you go along for the ride and you just enjoy the ride. <laughs> all right. You're just undermining my point and you're just saying that's every freaking book of super <laughs> movie. People's lives connect. Big whoop. <laughs> no, bro. 
more to it than that. Undermining <laughs> your point at all. I want to. I want. I want to affirm your point, Tim. You're right. There are so many ways that we human beings are connected to one another in you know surprising ways. And the thing is, like, because you and I live our life, it is complex and messy and boring and all this stuff, and we don't appreciate the ways our lives interconnect with other people because our lives are boring because you have to go to you have to sleep eight hours a day and you have to brush your teeth twice at least twice a day you know and you have to do all these other mundane things that no one likes to do and then you forget about that you forget about the special things in life and how we are all interconnected and then that's why you read books like this that's why you turn to literature and make and movies and and read stories and about um, the way things you know, people are connected and whatnot. So I want to affirm your note by saying, yes, that is what, why, that is why authors put pen to paper. That is why there are stories such as this. Oh, that was a beautiful monologue, Brian. That's like Oscar. What's are there like Oscars for podcasts? I feel like that's like, (laughs) that should have gotten be nominated at least maybe not win, but definitely be nominated. That was beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that because that's, but let, th- th- thank you for helping me get reach that point because you are you are you know uh, what's that iron sharp sharpens iron, right? You know you are I don't know if whetstone that, that that sharpens my uh, points to the tips. <laughs> just just a whetstone over here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all I am? That, oh. I like that. We need to push each other to get different yeah. insights. Right. And, yes. And I, yeah. Yes, and I and I just failed the first time to accurately communicate the, that yes, the you know stories are told to help remind us of those interconnectedness of human beings. Yeah. Well, just to drive it home even more, think about we met sort of happenstance through the uh, meetup, and then I happen to bring you to this party where you happen to meet your future wife, and now you're having a kid. So oh, think about you know these little interconnected things that uh, change, you know, like you said, day to day, our lives are relatively uneventful, but you know, there are these things that sort of like lead to, uh, yeah, life changing coursing. Life changing. Absolutely. Meeting you was life changing, Tim. <laughs> People say that to me. I don't know. just still <laughs> a pattern. I, they don't see if it's good or bad. Just, <laughs> just like, is that is that was that your um was that your bid to um to get the naming rights to the child and name him Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just saying I should be up for Godfather. <laughs> no, no, you should do your own thing. You already let me do your wedding. That's more than enough uh, honor. So we could probably we could probably wind it down. Uh, yeah, I think so. What do you think? Rating time. Well, let's. Can we just wrap up? Like, yeah. But with the rating, kind of expand on, on on the backstory of why you gave it that. Oh sure, of course. Um, I'm going to give this a four out of five. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked reading it. I enjoyed the, most of the characters and the characters I did not like. I didn't even really dislike them. I just they just weren't as I didn't like them as much as the other ones. I felt like and the the characters aren't necessarily likable. It's just that like they're kind of like zany and whatnot, and and so you know you just you just, I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. I felt like the twist of, you know, playing on our gender biases to that a bank robber would be male and then switching, switching to woman was very good. I enjoyed that. 
it didn't ultimately pay off in the end. I would have hoped, like I said earlier, like maybe the the band of hostages would have been able to ban- you know come up with a plan to save the bank robber independently of the police officers. But I get it, like you said, like I don't think the author wanted to do the right off the police officers as just being bumbling into idiots. So he had he worked in another way to help have the police officers have some you know grace in letting the the bank robber go. So I get that. Um, good book overall. I enjoyed it. Um, I might have to check out more by this author. So four out of five. Love it. Yep. I, you know, this, this is going to be one of those rare times where we have the same rating. I will also give it a four. I think, uh, it's very much worth the read. It had the humor. It had the heart. I have my critiques as I always do. You know, some of the characters are a little over the top, maybe one dimensional. Uh, sometimes there's a political or kind of like preachy message. Maybe I feel like it's a little forced, but on the whole, it's um, it's enough to keep you engaged and keep you rooting for the characters. And uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's a fun one. And yeah, let's read more of this guy. And yeah, well, we recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this most people would enjoy one by far. I think so. Yeah, it's it's worth the read. And it's like these short little chapters that you feel like you can go through it real quick too. Yeah, agreed. I like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, so everybody, go to our website, twoguysonebook.com, all spelled out, twoguysonebook.com, and you can you can comment on our page there. Uh, tell us what you liked, did not like about anxious people, um, and maybe look, name your favorite character there, too. Um, you can also see what's coming up next. What's coming up next is our 50 book review episode. Yes. Anxious People has been the, is the fiftieth book that Tim and I have reviewed on this podcast. Unbelievable! They said we would never make it, and they were probably right. But <laughs> we're here anyway, and so we're gonna do it. all our haters out there. <laughs> yeah, all our haters. You can shove it. <laughs> we made it, baby. Fifty books. We're gonna do a review episode and talk about all the books we did because I probably forget about half of them. So we'll see how it goes, but. Yeah, so go to twoguysonebook.com and let us know what you think. And until next time. So, and until next time, keep reading.